Next on BYU Sports Nation, Friday Fandemonium in the form of BYU's most exciting player ever. Who deserves that title? What about the most exciting coach ever? BYU's Jennifer Rockwood and her 300-plus career wins have a case. She joins us live with the 2015 schedule breakdown. Plus, a BYU construction project unlike any other and dealing with the pain of a baseball game that got away. All hands on deck. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation, live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. It is Friday, May 22nd, wherever and however you have chosen to dial into our show we're glad to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Little League umpire consultant, Jerem Jordan. The bow and arrow is really important. <laughs> they want to be just as much a part of the show as the baseball players. Yeah, I would never, I don't, I don't think I'd ever be an umpire you because think of I a can't worse, put up with the parents. Can you think of a worse job than a Little League umpire? WCC official. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah you got me there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Winner! By the way, you, you mentioning the baseball result just gets me so upset. Save it. We're going to tackle that in about a half an hour. I'm legitimately upset about okay. this. Okay. You have bigger things to worry about starting with Saturday. Like you got a big weekend ahead, man. It's my two-year-old's, soon-to-be-two-year-old's birthday. This is a big deal, <laughs> I'm discovering. Birthdays this is my fir- are unbelievable. This is my one kid, you know? Yeah. So we're going to have fun uh, in laws are in town. Exciting, fun times. Hang out with everybody. Memorial Day weekend. It's going to be great. Bubbles. Bubbles. Bubbles for days. She counted to 10 for the first time last night. It was exciting. See, that, that is legitimately like a thrilling moment for a parent. Like it's, I think she skipped seven, but we still counted it. <laughs> One, two, three. Tonight is the uh, annual father and son's camp out scheduled for uh, the neighborhood that I live in. Uh, for your congregation. And it's going to rain. And I have a three-year-old. And you know what? I'm all about going and participating in the activities. But it's literally at the park, like across the street from our neighborhood. Why would I not go sleep in my own bed? Yeah, what's the point of that? I only want to camp if the electricity is not working in my house and I cannot stay there for some reason. I love the outdoors, but I don't want to sleep in the outdoors. Yeah, I respect those that do. It's just not my thing. It's not. My, we watched a Jim Jaff, Gaffigan clip this morning <laughs> on camping. Hilarious. Yeah, like camping. Everyone loved camping when they didn't have houses. houses. <laughs> It's, again, like, I don't, I'll do it, but it's just not like, yeah, sleep on the hard ground. Woo! I'm excited. <laughs> the Conversation Alive 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and be a part of BYU Sports Nation. You're going to want to get involved in this question. Members welcome, especially on a Friday. Who is the most exciting athlete to watch in BYU history? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At PWR Bird. Matt Payne was the best. Such a hardcore kicker. Hashtag Payne train is coming. That is one that I did not think of. Nope. We didn't put Matt Payne up on the board this he morning. He played punter. Does that automatically dislike exclude him? Well, <laughs> what he did against Boise State. That was for... exciting. That we, was exciting. We put that in the top 50 plays in BYU history, I The think. fact that he did it twice in the same game was amazing. To the same dude, the same spot, the same hit. Yeah. Amazing. Another tweet at Tasha Lynn 19, basketball. Basketball's number one fan. How is this even a question? Jimmer! Case in point, San Diego State 2011. Can't beat that. Can't, can't you, though? I mean, 
this is there's again, this is the recency thing. It's like that was an amazing he was an amazing player. He did unbelievable things, but you have to expand to look back across 30 years. Do you? Yes. Do you? Yes, you do. Here are your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Baseball, as we just referenced. Lost 8-7 to seven to Pepperdine in the West Coast Conference Tournament. I'm throwing this football off to six. I'm mad. They led 5 to nothing in the eighth oh, inning. Oh, came back. And then they took another lead, 7-5 to five in the ninth. And lost 8-7. to seven. Come on! Mike Littlewood has a full head of gray hair this morning. <laughs> I feel- That's tough. That's really tough oh. because LMU beat San Diego 21-3. to three. The door was wide open. So you, you, you have a chance to play the number four seed in the winner's bracket who and knocked then, out the and number then, one team. And then if you win that, you have to win one game on Saturday. Okay, Sa- save it. Ah! Save it. Tyler Haas worked out in Santa Barbara in front of 100 NBA folks, according to ESPN's Chad Ford. Haas is projected to go undrafted at this point. Hopefully he helped his stock yesterday. Taylor Sander had six kills for Team USA last night in Detroit. The Champions Cup against Mexico, the United States, playing against Cuba at 6 Eastern tonight. Cougars in the PGA update. Listen to this. Zach Blair, BYU golf representative, in his rookie campaign, third round of the Crown Plaza Invitational. He's in second place. Six under through nine, tied for second. Daniel Summerhays sitting in 10th place at four under through 14. Two in the top 10 right now from BYU. Awesome. They're about to get that money. <laughs> Thank you, Jamal Williams. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Showstoppers. Well, he's still scrambling. He's gonna, now he throws it. Touchdown! What a play by Ty Detmer. This will be a touchdown. James died. Back to Sander. Oh! oh. oh. Holy cow! <laughs> Hill dodges one, two. There are just some athletes that can absolutely steal a show. You know, the type of superstars that you pay exorbitant amounts of money for and you don't even think twice about it. Totally worth it. It was awesome. The current MVP of the National Basketball Association, one Stephen Curry, is one of those guys. He does something special every night, and he did it again last night. Six three-pointers, which is just like a ho-hum thing for him. Okay? Now, as BYU fans, we've had a few of those guys and gals like Stephen Curry in terms of the superstar effort. We've been fortunate. If you had to pick one showstopper, though, who tops that list? There have been a lot. This is a really interesting question. Okay, and again, we're going to get a lot of people that are true to the 80s and then those that are true to... uh, what just happened recently with Jimmer Fredette? This is this is an intriguing question because there are a number of amazing athletes that have played at BYU. Okay, to me, this is the Jimmer Fredette Award, right? It's showstopper. To me, it's besides besides Jimmer. Okay, we came up with a little bit of a list. Here's just some of the names: Jimmer Fredette, Ty Detmer, Taylor Sander, Jim McMahon, Steve Young, Danny Ainge, Taysom Hill is in that. Kyle Van Noy. Yeah, recent guys. Austin Colley, Luke Staley. Any of the punt returners, kick returners that BYU's had that have been great. Vysak Emma, James Dye. James Dye is the Jared epitome Dabney. of a showstopper. Mike Regal. Shauna Robach, women's soccer, scored like 90 goals. Ossie Antonetti was my favorite BYU athlete for a long time. He was a Puerto Rican high flyer on the men's volleyball team. 99. Chris Mirchosich apparently was an exciting player. But to me, my pick and recency bias and play-by-play bias goes into this. 
Taylor Sander. He was the Jimmer Fredette of college Wait, volleyball. Wait, I thought you just said it was Jimmer Fredette. It's besides Jimmer Fredette. Jimmer's the pick. Besides Jimmer. How can you just give Taylor, me Jimmer that easily? Taylor Sander is my pick. Okay. Taylor Sander. He was so exciting. The Bick, the back row quick, uh, the, the superstardom, the huge kills, the championships on the court, uh, on BYU TV that we were able to do for the MPSF tournaments. He was the most exciting player I've seen in a while. Jimmer's number one. It's bes- who else besides Jimmer to me? Taylor Sander. Really? Okay. So, I, I mean, Taylor Sander, absolutely. And you're right. You watched the greatness. I had a great seat for this, From too. the front row for four <laughs> years. It was amazing. Taylor Sander is an exciting athlete for sure. And in his realm of volleyball, like, there might not he be. He was the Jimmer of men's he's volleyball. He's got the Ken Griffey swing for effect. two or three just seasons. beautiful to watch him fly through the air. Yes. And destroy the volleyball. Okay, Jimmer's senior year. That happened for about two and a half seasons with Taylor. So there was more of it. I loved it. So why would you not give it to Taylor over Jimmer? Because there was more of it. Because it's it's Jimmer, yeah. dude. Okay. I don't need to explain that I, one, right? I know he was in the. It was Jimmer mania. It's the Jimmer Fredette it award. It was Jimmer mania. But here's the thing: Jimmer, social media. Jimmer had the benefit of Twitter yes. and Facebook and YouTube, like that. It became out of control big because of social media. Can you imagine Ty Detmer now in social media driven a five eleven, one hundred seventy pound kid from Texas? Throwing for over 5,000 yards in a season, beating the number one ranked team in Miami. I mean, can you imagine how he would have benefited from social media? It would have been nuts. I wonder, I wonder the effect that social media would have, for better or worse. How many results would have changed because we have replay that are different nowadays? Who knows? That, that's a totally different topic. Who's your guy? Ty Detmer. Poor girl. Okay, it, it's Ty. He stole my, my heart. As a BYU fan. <laughs> Thanks, I, Dashboard Confessional. I was like eight years old, and I, I just, he, he was magical. He was a magical figurine in the world of BYU sports to me. What he did against Miami, the number one team in America, when he makes Russell Maryland and another All-American tackle or defensive tackle, I can't remember the name of, collide into each other. He's dodging them, throws a touchdown pass. He won the Heisman Trophy, 59 NCAA records. Every game he played in was like, yeah, tie through for 400 yards and five touchdowns, whatever. I mean, it was crazy what he did. And he was third in the Heisman voting his senior year. In an 8-3-2 and two season. No argument. You're preaching the choir, man. No one's going to say neither of these were exciting for sure. I think Jimmer's going to take this because of social media. But had Jim McMahon had social media, he was the first player to ever throw for 4,000 yards in a season. 71 NCAA records Unbelievable. at the time. Amazing. It's so amazing. Steve Young. Some of the plays that BYU produced, the iconic moments, would be viral. Steve Young won today. at UCLA. For, I mean, that was like an amazing win in, L- in the Rose Bowl for the first time. With Gordon Hudson. Yeah. How about, how about Kyle Van Noy recently? I thought he was a very exciting player. We don't have a ton of defensive players on just our kind of rough list that we put together this morning. There have been some tremendous defensive players. Omar Morgan's name got thrown out there. In terms of, when we say exciting, I think the criteria that we kind of came up with was explosiveness, uh, huge play in a huge moment, uh, go-to player, uh, could score at any moment type of thing. In football, men's basketball, deep threes or dunks or whatever. There have been a lot of guys that have done awesome things. Johnny Linehan in rugby, uh, among others. Luke Staley. 
Could score at any moment. He Austin was the Colley. Doak Walker Award winner. Or as one of my friends once called him on this very air on True Blue, Doak Walker. The Doak. Yeah. James Dye, every time he caught a punt, you thought he could he could He's take it. number three for me in this list. He's number three. He's way up there. Because we're talking about excitement, exciting players. Vaisikahema. Yeah. Huge. Huge. It's so fun. I mean, guys that you're just like, wow. Every time that athlete touches the ball, something special could happen. And John Beck told us the other day, Taysom Hill is one of those players. He's, he's on the list. He's in the, I don't know, top five, top ten in BYU history. Because he, who, who else besides Luke Staley in BYU history rushing the ball? Have you thought he could go every time? Ronnie Jenkins, maybe? I don't even know Back if I thought day, that about Ronnie. Pete Van Valkenburg and Eldon Fortune. I don't know. I didn't watch them. I don't know. Taysom Hill is in a class of his own that way. He really is. Luke you, and Taysom. BYU's only had one other quarterback that was that was close to what Taysom brings in terms of explosiveness with his arm and his legs. And that yeah. was Steve Young. Brandon yeah. Doman as well is in this list. He was a, he was quite explosive his senior season. 14 and 2 as a starter, made some clutch plays to win games including Utah, including New Mexico in his first start. There have been some really exciting players, and hopefully there's more in the pipeline. I think Brendan Sander, Taylor's younger brother, has an opportunity to become one of those guys. Open your eyes, people. It's bigger than just the last five years. Who is the most exciting player in BYU history? Imagine, as Jerem just referenced, if Jim McMahon had social media, if Ty Detmer had social Actually, media. it would have been bad if Jim McMahon had social media. <laughs> really bad. <laughs> not, not necessarily. Hey. Um, Glenn Kozlowski. Okay, just exci- Anything in his range. Players. One-handers, Johnny diving. Johnny Harley, Dennis Pitta. Same, same awesome. type. Like awesome. Those guys make exciting plays. But who is the most? You have to pick one. Use the hashtag BYUS and send it in. Send it in! I was waiting for you to do that, but I cut you off. Sorry. <laughs> send it in, <laughs> Jerome! Go. Thank you very YouTube much. YouTube that if you don't know what I'm talking about. Taysom Hill begins again, and perhaps he'll do something show-stopping on September 5th. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. 106. Who is the most exciting player to watch in BYU sports history? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At Keeg Huntsman, talking football, it's Luke Staley in 2001 or Taysom when he plays Texas. 259 (laughs) rushing yards for a quarterback. If only Texas were on the schedule again. <laughs> they're not. They're not playing us ever again in football. I don't think. If BYU wants to get in the Big Twelve, stop pounding the premier member of the conference. That's a fair point. At Joe Bleeker, it has to be Jim McMahon. The records, seventy-one of them. The Miracle Bowl, still the greatest Cougar ever. No argument in a lo- with a ton of people. I'd say okay, yeah. At Jay Busha, thirty-one. James Die. Nothing more exciting than returning punts. And kickoffs. He, he did it on a regular basis. It's been a while since we felt like that. Uh, had a punt or kick return where we thought, oh, he could take it all the way. Often. Up next, a lady that has 300-plus wins in her coaching career. Maybe she has an option and a pick for the most exciting player ever. I'm guessing it may come from BYU women's soccer. Jen Rockwood joins us next. Robach, Larkin, Hatch. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Join us, especially on a Friday, by using the hashtag BYUSN. 
The baseball team plays San Diego tonight, 3 Eastern, tonight, this afternoon, 3 Eastern on BYU we Radio tonight. and the W.TV. Uh, double elimination uh, season on the line for the Cougars. If they lose this, they're done. There's no NIT in baseball. Uh, if they win, they'll play tonight again on BYU Radio and the W.TV at 10.30 Eastern time. Our Twitter question today, who is the most exciting athlete to watch in BYU sports history? I'm getting all sorts of stuff directly to me. At the B-Stod. I know we're all disappointed that his NBA career hasn't been good, but it's Jimmer. Come on! I'm telling you, it's the Jimmer for that award. Give Ty Re- Detmer social media, Recency okay, people? bias is incredibly strong. Look at strong. what he did. He won the Heisman Trophy, people. He won the Heisman Trophy. To me, there's a bunch of dudes that, yes, it's a tie for first. Awesome. Okay. What do you guys think? We Use need, the hashtag BYU. We right need now. the opinion of our first in-studio guest on this. Jennifer Rockwood, head coach of BYU Women's Soccer. First of all, coach, welcome back to Studio B. Thank you. I want you to chime in on this debate. The most exciting player ever in the history of BYU sports. Oh, I'd have to say Shauna Robach. Aha, yes. Right? Okay. We brought right? that up. We, yeah. yeah we, may, we anticipated that you might say that. A leading goal scorer for our program, and no one's going to come close to it. She was quite a remarkable player for us back in the day. And an Olympian to boot. Yeah, absolutely. Can't yeah. beat that. 90-something goals. Yeah. Uh, th- there were times I-, I heard you took her out of games. She was scoring so much just to be sportsmanlike <laughs> to the other team. True. Yeah, back in the day, back yeah, soccer's grown a lot uh, since then. Yeah. But yeah, she was she was a phenomenal player for us and just knew how to score goals. So we won a lot of games back th- back then. It was a great start for our program having her on board. Good stuff, Jennifer Rockwood, the head coach of BYU women's soccer, with us in Studio B on a Friday. Uh, you brought in some some swag in, yeah. the, in the form of a back to back to back championship ring in the West Coast Conference. Uh, can we get a closer look at, at that beauty? Yes. Explain explain Girls to the radio audience this. what this what this looks like. Uh, well, it's got a little bling on it. The girls designed it, and um, you know we're really excited about it. It says back-to-back-to-back on it. also has limitless, which is kind of one of our keywords. I brought also the gold one for our seniors. Uh, they got some per- special permission nice. uh, to get a gold ring since they won three in a row. So, um, yeah, you know, there's so much that goes into these, and, and we take a lot of pride in the fact that we were able to do that, especially in the West Coast Conference, which is so well-known for women's soccer and to, to beat out teams teams like uh, Santa Clara and Portland and you know Pepperdine finished 10th in the country last year so they had a great run um, so yeah so it's fun it's it's great when they come in and we get to wear them and now we're, we're shooting for another one next year going for four in a row before we break down uh, the schedule that was released yesterday and it's awesome uh, tell us about Limitless where, where did that come from and how did you guys use that to kind of be a keyword you know just so often you just put limits on yourselves you know you don't you doubt yourself and if things don't go well it's easy to lose confidence and we just got to realize that we have so much potential as individuals and as athletes that that the sky's the limit and if we just believe in what we can do again uh, as our players can be their very best and our team there is no limit whatever their limit is we put on ourselves so we need to make sure that we understand that, that options are limitless wins are limitless and uh what we want to do uh, in this program, um, you know, is get to that very, very highest level. We've been close a few times, but it's going to take a little bit more. We've got to figure it out a little bit more to kind of take it to that next step. Jen Rockwood has a career in sports psychology whenever she <laughs> decides to be done coaching soccer. And talk to <laughs> Craig Manning about that as well. <laughs> She's in studio B. Okay. Uh, great schedule released yesterday. I mean, we're looking at it and Six different uh, teams in the Pac-12. Earlier, you're going to Hawaii. I mean, there, 
you're challenging yourself. It seems like every year you ramp it up a little. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. easy last year, and now this year it's, it looks even more difficult. What went into yeah. that? Well, we always take pride in, in scheduling a nationally competitive schedule, to again, to see how good we can be. You only know how good you can be if you play the very best and what you need to work on and certainly to prepare us for our conference play. But, you know, last year we really challenged ourselves with Baylor and Oregon, Washington State, LSU. Um, you know, we played a real tough schedule, and, and we were really young last year, and we've learned a lot. We have a lot of returning players coming back and so we just felt that we you know we had an opportunity to go to Hawaii and play you know 2011 national championship team Stanford on a neutral site you know they were in the final four last year Cal top 15 program usually year in year out again a chance to play them on a neutral site you know let's do it Nebraska conference champions two years ago a top 10 program we had them out at our field a couple years ago so this is a return trip Um, but yeah you know Pac-12 is one of the toughest conferences in women's soccer as as long as well as ours so uh, we're really pushing it the girls are ready for it they want to play the best and they want to see how good they can become you're playing half the Pac-12 which is awesome the one that sticks out to me in terms of timing is Nebraska because you set the stage August 31st (laughs) uh, before so that's the Monday before the Saturday for the football team yeah it worked out pretty well for us so uh, we're excited we've been out there we've played out at Nebraska a few times in the past and as I mentioned they were out here a few years ago they're going to have a brand new facility that'll be opening up this fall Um, so we're really really excited to go out there and and uh, you know I'm sure the football team is as well We've been discussing the strength of schedule feature for BYU football specifically because it's loaded, and now we look at your schedule and it's loaded. Where do you draw the line on, okay, now now it's getting to the point where it might be a little bit too tough. How do you, how do you balance that? You know, it, it's it's hard and it's challenging because there is a fine line, and, and every year as we go forward, we kind of question how many, especially now that we've moved to the West Coast Conference. I remember, you know, our first and second year, the schedules were already in place, so we were playing a nationally competitive schedule, and now we just went into a team that, you know, has has 16 Final Four appearances uh, <laughs> collectively, a couple national championships, and, and we just found that our girls and our program, we play better against better competition, and we've always been able to rise to the occasion, and so we're not going to let fear stop us we're just going to go for it and we even last year being such a young team we were a little nervous and it took us a little while to get rolling but again had we not played a competitive schedule we might not realize what we needed to work on to get to the point where we could make a run and win another conference championship do you like the uh, balance or the cards that you drew when you came into the conference of who you get at home in conference and who you get on the road and how that switches? Yeah, it, is it stacked one way? Uh, well, it has. We used to, you know, Portland and Santa Clara have been pretty dominant. You know, Pepperdine, San Diego are, are typically top, you know, NCAA tournament teams as well. It's changed when Pacific came on. So we used to have Santa Clara at home and Portland on the road. Now it's switched. So we have them both on the road this year, which is challenging. But we had them both at home last season and played uh, very well against them. So you know, in conference, really no matter what conference you're in, and it's, a, it's a competitive schedule. Once you get into conference play, everyone's familiar with each other. And it's just a challenge. Homer on the road. So we'll be ready to go. Now, BYU enjoys national exposure, uh, particularly in, in women's soccer, when you compare your team to other teams and, and just the eyes that, that can see your program. Uh, eight different games on BYU TV last year. 
What does that do? For, what, what kind of feedback do you get? What does it do for your program, for your recruiting and all of that? It, the, uh, like you mentioned, so much amazing exposure through our BYU TV broadcast. We get so much positive feedback. You know, there are so many kids playing soccer right now, and it continues to grow. The growth of the MLS and the women's and men's national teams, World Cup, women's World Cups coming up. There's a lot of soccer fans out there. And for us to get our, our players out there, our level of play, the competition, the teams we're playing against, I think there's just a lot of fans out there that have really enjoyed and appreciate the production level, you know, of, of, of what we're putting out there. And it, it's, it's fantastic, especially for women um, to, and, and younger players to have these role models and, and to, to see what, you know, is out there and what they can be capable of becoming. Does anyone compare nationally in terms of uh, the TV setup and the fan experience for those that actually go to the game? Not that I know of. I really feel like we, uh, with the support of you guys and, and our administration and just everything that we have going for us, you know, our fan base has, has been tremendous. And, and there's not many opportunities to have a college experience like our fans get, uh, both on TV and at home. You know, there's a few teams now that are making some progress, but I get a lot of questions from coaches of how are you doing this? You know, what are you doing to make this happen? We want to do some things like this. And so (laughs) as a coaching staff, we want to continue to raise the bar and do what we can to really promote the women's college soccer game. But how is the commentary, though? That's the, in particular, right, the play-by-play. How yeah. that? Sometimes that's a little quite. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you started out doing it for us, that's right? right. And right. so you guys have done, again, an amazing job. We just feel so fortunate to be a part of it. It, it puts a little bit of pressure on us. Uh, but we tell the girls, the girls love playing in front of the fans. It brings, as you guys know, just an electricity and, an, and a passion and excitement for the game. And we just tell the girls, look, you've got to play an exciting style of soccer. You've got to score goals and you've got to win games in order to keep that going. And so that gives us a little bit more incentive to really work hard and put a good product out on the field yeah, each I be- weekend. I believe it was 5,000-plus against Nebraska a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, we, we've had a, a few 5,000. I don't know how we fit 5,000 on our field. The stands will only hold. Uh, the fire <laughs> don't tell chief. the fire chief yeah, there. He's in there going, but, yeah, uh, it, it's something. It's a spectacle. It is. It, it's just so fantastic. Again, we're, we're fortunate. We hope fans will come out and support us again this year. We've got a great team. You have a loaded schedule. Who's the team that you haven't been able to get to Provo yet that you want to get to Provo? Oh, there's, there's a bunch of them out there. You know, we, uh, we've got UCLA on the schedule in the near future. Mm. Hope to get them back. Hope to get Ohio State back here. Uh, Penn State, Texas, Auburn. Uh, we're going for some big schools uh, down the road uh, that I think we will get here. That we, we're, we're going to be playing there on the road in the next years, and we'll get some return trips out of them. How about North Carolina? That's always a conversation, Yes, right? absolutely. Because they came to the Elite Eight game. Yeah. It was a fantastic experience. And some of their players uh, said that it was one of the, the coolest experiences as a college game that they had. So, yeah, we'd love to get North Carolina out and here Had again. they lost, I'm not so sure they would say that. True, <laughs> true. But it was quite a game, wasn't it? Was. It was, it was, it was a quite amazing. a game. Unbelievable. Uh, we like to speculate. It's what we do on this show. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we ask questions. We kind of wonder what, what's going to happen. What do you feel is the biggest strength of the 2015 squad that you're about to coach? I think it's our ability to attack and go forward. It's something we worked a lot on in the spring. We have Ashley, obviously led by Ashley Hatch, uh, an All-American for us. She's, she's just made great strides in the last year. But one of the things we talked about is we looked at the other teams in the Final Four. They had three or four players in their top scoring line, not just one. Mm. So, yes, we need Ashley to do what she does, but we need some other players who are very capable of putting in a lot more goals um, to kind of really step up. Michelle Murphy, Elena Medeiros, 
uh, Nadia and Maddie and Carla. You know, we have people, I think, who can score for us. And, um, uh, you know, it, it makes for a more exciting game, obviously, the more goals we can put in the back of the net. But, uh, again, we, we made some great strides this spring. And so hopefully our attack will be very improved for the next year. Okay, biggest question mark. Biggest question mark. Um, you know, I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good. Depth might be um, just because of the fact that we have five missionaries out there right now yeah, that we were planning world? on. Yeah. So I'm five kids short on my roster. And so good for them. We're excited for them. Um, but it has left us with uh, not as much depth as we might have uh, had. So that'll be a question mark. Every team needs to stay healthy, so we need to stay healthy. But we feel really good with the crew and the group that we have uh, going forward. We have a few new freshmen coming in, uh, so they'll be great. We, have a, we had a transfer goalkeeper come in who played with us this spring, uh, Rachel Boaz, who looked as good as ever. Uh, and Hannah Clark is playing well. So, um, you know, there's, we, we get Paige Hunt back. You know, an all-conference player before she went on her mission. So a question mark will be how quickly can she get acclimated to the physicality and, and uh, speed of play of the game. So It's crazy that you're dealing with that now. Yeah. And she yeah, was interesting. Steve, Steve Cleveland, former BYU yeah. basketball coach, was her mission president. Yeah, hopefully he's, you know, he's letting her run a little bit, <laughs> doing some sit-ups, and, and I think she's staying in shape, so we'll see. <laughs> There's no half-court soccer uh, rule like right. basketball <laughs> on your mission. Jen, always good to have you in Hey, Studio thanks, B. guys. Appreciate it a lot. Good luck in the approaching season. Okay. We do our best not to screw things up on the broadcast side. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for no, notably me, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> you, Natalie. My questionable commentary. <laughs> up next, it's time to vent. Jerem has uh, been holding back a little bit. Some frustrations came out late last night. Oh, BYU baseball. They let one get away, but there's still a chance. I believe. Still a chance. This is BYU Sports Nation. Hey, welcome back, sports friends. It's a Friday. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision doing it live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. You can always download our show podcast on iTunes or stream it on BYUSportsNation.com. Listen, let's get serious for a second. If you want to be an elite member of BYU Sports Nation, <laughs> you need your blue goggles and your T-shirt. You can buy these on the BYUStore.com. Hey, but what if your blue goggles are built in like Spencer? <laughs> what if they're tattooed on my face? <laughs> If you got a tattoo, it'd be blue goggles on your face. You can go to the BYUstore.com and no, get it wouldn't <laughs> today. It'd be on my huge left bicep. Ha! <laughs> you made it funny. <laughs> it's funny because it's not true, right? Yeah. 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 Whatever. I'm going to keep the blue goggles on. Maybe for baseball here. <clears throat> yeah, well, you might need them to stay positive here to, yeah. find, to find a positive outlet. We'll get to that. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Baseball in a moment. Tyler Haas worked out in Santa Barbara in front of 100 NBA folks. Exactly 100. According to ESPN's Chad Ford, Haas projected to go undrafted. Can he do enough to get in there, maybe sneaking as a late second-round draft pick? Taylor Sander had six kills in the sweep of Mexico for Team USA. The United States plays Cuba at 6 Eastern tonight in Detroit in the Champions Cup. Take that, L3. Zach Blair, BYU Golf represent. In his rookie campaign, no less, on the PGA Tour, now we opened up the scorecard today. He was second to start and remains in second in a tie. Eh, boy, that's... He's in a tie for third now. Oh, okay. Through it's... 10 okay. at four, uh, six under. Okay, where's, where's Daniel Summerhays? Not in the top 10. He was, he was in the top 10 at, at one point. All right, I'm pulling it up on the interweb as we speak. He's two under through 17. Attaboy, Daniel Summerhays. They're he, representing He man. started the day 12th, so not far off of a top yeah. 10 finish. They're going to make the cut, that is for sure. Mike Weir is not going to make the cut. 
Now to baseball. And I hate to do this to you, Jerem. The Cougars, if you're not familiar with what happened last night and the scenario, here, let's just set this up for you. BYU lost one series all year in West Coast Conference play, and it was to San Diego, the number one seed in the West Coast Conference. A really good team. The champs. Okay. The Toreros get boat raced. Thanks, Mike Littlewood. 21 to 3. By LMU, the four seed. So a grand slam happened in the first inning for LMU. That was the game-winning hit. So all of a sudden, we're thinking, if, yeah, if BYU wins, they can avoid San Diego and play LMU. Okay. With that said, BYU goes into the Pepperdine game, and they play great through seven and a half. Seven shutout innings by Brandon Kinzer. BYU's up pitcher. Three nothing. Dylan Robinson tacks on two more with the homer. Five nothing in the middle of the eighth. Then Pepperdine scores five. Kinzer's pulled. Mason Marshall. No, 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 no. Brandon got pulled when it was five to nothing. Mason Marshall came in with the bases loaded. Yeah, which he always does. He always comes in and and jams, right? Mantis, yeah. And BYU gives up five. Okay, so whoa, five-five going into the ninth. Then Hayden Nielsen, who had a game, goes four for five, three runs, two RBIs. Those two RBIs come in the ninth in a two-out blooper into left field that knocks into BYU goes up seven-five. In the ninth. Awesome. They're going to win. They're going to win, baby. the comeback. And then... BYU gave up three and got walked off in the ninth. Oh, the agony! <sighs> this is a double elimination tournament, so BYU's still in it. They play San Diego at 3 Eastern on BYU Radio yeah, and here, WTV. Here's the tough part. You, you're you up five to nothing, and we, we we tried to put this in the context for like for like football fans. If you're up five to nothing in the eighth inning... we Okay, in terms of eighth inning, we figured out that that's about... Mathematically, like 13 minutes yeah, left in the fourth. 12 to 13 minutes left in the fourth quarter. You're and up, you're up I don't know, 24 to nothing. 21, 24, nothing. Okay. And then you end up losing. That's a, that's a really tough loss because BYU played really well, except the last two innings they gave up eight. That's tough. There Not only a, that. Yeah. Like it's Okay, so they come back and tie it at 24. And then BYU rises up again and scores two in the ninth. So, so they lose this game. And that's a real bummer because now BYU has to win out. So today at 3 Eastern against San Diego, a team that swept BYU. The Cougars really have to bring it in order to stay alive. If they win, they'll play the winner of LMU and Pepperdine. The challenge, the major challenge is how do you respond? Yeah. How do you get up after that, knowing that, like, we've got this game. We're playing in the winner's bracket. We're in good shape. We're not having to play San Diego. Now you have to play the number one seed, and they're ticked off because they just got rolled by LMU by 18 runs. Yes. Which is the equivalent of losing a football game like 90 to 3. Okay? Or something. <laughs> Seriously. It is. Ridiculous. Like, you, Do you just remember when Brazil got boat raced by Germany and there were all these mathematical equivalents like 7 nothing is equal to 120 to 30 in math yes. or whatever. Crazy. That's what, yeah, that's okay, what Okay, so just bizarre. They're ticked off. BYU is like, oh, man. I wonder how BYU responds. Hopefully they get up for this. The mental battle. And San Diego is the regular season champions. This is backs are against the wall for sure. Season on the line. Uh, all indications, according to Mike Littlewood earlier this week, are that Rucker will throw for BYU. I believe. And Michael Rucker can bring it, okay? The dude throws low to mid-90s. He, he can ball out on the mound. It's not that BYU can't beat a team like San Diego. They beat everybody else in the league, and some of those teams swept San Diego. Okay, So they can do it. It's one game to keep your season alive. But it's tough when you score seven and lose, which Ah. brings us to the stat of the day. 
It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Three. BYU's lost three games this season when scoring at least seven runs. The last two losses actually have come when BYU scored seven runs. So BYU needs a similar awesome performance tonight. Uh, but, but hold on to it at the end. And BYU did not trail in the game until the walk-off game-winning yeah. hit. They, they tied it at they five led, in the eighth. They led or were tied. That's yeah. It's a okay. unique. It's a unique loss. Got to give the karma to those guys. Good luck. Good luck to them. Okay. Hopefully can, the karma can, can overcome through the waves. San Diego. The waves we need, of man. the air. We, <laughs> that, yes. As opposed to water. <laughs> the airways, not through the Pepperdine waves. Willie the wave man. Creepiest mascot ever. <laughs> He's most got cool sunglasses. Most interesting, but yeah, like in a strange way, like He's super got Blaine creepy. Fowler hair. He's got Blaine Fowler hair on steroids. Like, it's out of control. Up next, a service project unlike any other, how BYU Sports is benefiting from building a house. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in the studio bizzle on a Friday. Listen, you can listen to BYU Radio 3 Eastern Time. Against uh, BYU and San Diego West Coast Conference Tournament. Cougars have to win to keep the season going. 3 Eastern, BYU Radio. You can watch it on the W.TV. Who is the most exciting athlete to watch in the history? The annals of BYU sports. At MJ Orton tweeting in. And I'll do this. Uh, You're going to read it like uh, Guy Holiday style? Fine. I'll go back further. Danny Ainge. Face it. If there was a three-point line back in the day, his record would be doubled. How many not, points not, would Danny Ainge have scored? Not doubled, but maybe unreachable. Nothing's totally unreachable, but maybe. It's crazy. He, he had no three-point line, and he was the all-time leading scorer in BYU basketball. Yeah. Danny, listen, this conversation, you could have so many guys, and you say, he's the guy, and I go, I agree with you. Yeah, he's the guy I that was. I Taylor Sander, but that's not number one for everybody. He hit a buzzer beater to put BYU in its only elite eight. Amazing. Is that elite? Uh, yes, they put him in the elite eight. Yes. Yeah, fair fair point. Hey, let's bring on an elite member of BYU Sports Nation. Kelly Little is doing some really good stuff. The director wow. of marketing at Edge Homes and member of the Cougar House executive team. Now, we want to know, well, we kind of know, but we want the inside track to what this Cougar House project is and, and how it is uh, now involved with BYU Athletics. Okay, it, it's a really awesome project, but before we do that, i got to tell you Danny Ainge, okay? Okay, so, Danny Ainge. she's chiming in. And, and I have a reason. Not only is he awesome, but when I was growing up, I was playing basketball. My dad, when he brought me out to watch Danny Ainge, it changed my life in basketball. So he inspired me, right? Not to mention he's incredible. So, okay, I know that's off track, but there no, you go. No, I'm that's glad my you, vote we were right going there. I just had to chime in, right? My vote before totally we start. On track. We were okay. going to Absolutely. ask you. We you were, were just going to wait. So I'm glad that you just took. You know, you called an audible and you did it. There you go. That's awesome. And Dad said so. So you know, there you go. <laughs> Do whatever Dad says when it comes to basketball. So what's Cougar so, House Nine? Cougar House is an awesome project. You know, it started years ago, and so Cougar House it's really designed with the Utah Valley Home Builders Association, and they'll have someone donate a lot. And then you have all these guys that are building, spending hundreds of hours to build, maybe even thousands of hours, to build a home that'll benefit BYU athletics. 
So it provides scholarships. And through those scholarships, you can see it here. This is a really cool project. This is an overview of what happens when you bring hundreds of people together for a good cause. So we are raising money for BYU Athletics. And this year, we had something really great happen because during the recession and economic tough times in the building industry, the Cougar House was kind of put on the back burner. And now it's been brought back, Edge Homes, who I'm with. But, you know, I applaud Edge Homes because it does, you know, it does take someone to step up and make that huge donation, which they did. Of the land? Of the land. I mean, without land, you can't build a home, right? So you kind of need that land. And Edge Homes, they were willing to do that. And that is a big donation that has to take place in order for it to to move forward. And then we have Utah Valley Home Builders Association. They oversee the construction. And there are so many people involved. I mean, Edge Homes really hats off to from Edge to all of those subcontractors and their work, the money, their efforts for them to show up and give up of their time. So there's just so many ways they donate. So where is this and what's what's the house like and how is it showcased? It's going to be showcased in the Parade of Homes this year, cool. which Very is nice. fun. So that's June 4th through the 20th. You can go check that out there. And we're going to have our own little tailgate party. So you can watch for that too. It's going to be a really fun time. Um, So the home is showcased. It's totally decorated and everything else. You can go see what these incredible subcontractors can do and how we can help benefit BYU. Now you mentioned uh, that you're raising money for BYU athletics. So how specifically does this go? I mean, do you, do you know where these funds go? Like, who, who is benefiting from this specifically? Yeah, that's a great question. So you look at you think we're, we're raising this money. It's going into an endowment, which to us is really important for the home builders, as well as Edge and everyone that contributes, because we know that's a long-term effort that we're making. It will help benefit those athletes long-term. So we do the home, and then it builds over time. So right now, with this year, we're at $1.5 million. Is the contribution. Wow. Awesome, right? So that's growing every time we do a Cougar House. And I heard that funds four full scholarships every year. That's correct. So right now we're up to four scholarships. And one of the areas that we focus on is construction management. And so that's kind of cool because that gives back to our own industry of what Mm -hmm. we do with building homes. And so that's that's really great. And then there are other scholarships to go as well. And BYU, you know, they choose who's going to receive those. So This seems like a big deal. Has, uh, have you been honored nationally or anything for this effort? You know, that's a good question, too. We have been honored nationally because it's a really fun project, and it's a unique way to support your community and to give back in a way that not everyone's willing to do or able to do it. So it does take a lot of work and effort to make it happen. And so because of that, we did receive an award nationally. And Mitch wanted to be here today, wasn't able to make it here, but he's really the front guy on building the home and oversees everybody. And Mitch was recognized um, nationally for what he's done with the Cougar House in the past. Fantastic. That's just really, really cool stuff. Uh, Kelly Little is her name. She is a member of the Cougar House. Well, is it the Cougar House Project or just Cougar House? Well, BYU Cougar House exec team is what we would say, or okay. just on the okay. board, you know, we're just there to make things happen. So, Very cool. making Very cool. lives changed and miracles occur. Also, if you, if you are in the market to buy a home, <laughs> there you in go. The Provo area, <laughs> Kelly. She'll take care of you. Tell her, tell him that Spencer sent you. Thanks, Spencer. Something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that. That might, yeah, that might Spencer, raise the who? cost. That might raise the cost. <laughs> who sent you? Oh, by the way, she says Danny Ainge as her most exciting player. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's, a good, it's a good pick. It is. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and I'm sticking behind it. Okay. So. Thanks for the time, Kelly. Thank you. Up next, the Cougar Whip Round, including some Cougars on the PGA Tour doing big things. 
BYU Sports Nation brought to you in part by Dexter and Dexter Law. Check them out, DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Should we whip it on a Friday? It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Baseball. Cougars were up 5-0 in the 8th, 7-5 in the 9th, but lost 8-7 to Pepperdine in the West Coast Conference Tournament last night. Today, the Cougars play San Diego at 3 Eastern time. Loser goes home. Winner plays LMU or Pepperdine tonight at 10.30 Eastern. Listen on BYU Radio. Watch on the W. TV. Also, Jacob Brugman in the minors went one for four with a run for the Midland Rockhounds last night. Men's volleyball. Taylor Sander had six kills for Team USA on eight swings. It's a good percentage. In a sweep of Mexico in Detroit. Team USA plays Cuba tonight at 6 Eastern. Men's basketball. Tyler Haas worked down in front of 100 NBA folks yesterday. Haas is currently projected as undrafted. Also, Isaac Nielsen transferring to Utah Valley to play for Mark Pope. Track and field. 49 athletes from the track and field teams have qualified for the NCAA uh, preliminary rounds. 31 from the men's side, 18 from the ladies' side. Soccer. The Cougars game with Albuquerque Soul FC. I know Spencer's a huge fan of them. He has a scarf. He has a scarf and everything. Was delayed last night and is rescheduled for 5.30 Eastern today. BYU plays at FC Tucson tomorrow night as well. Cougars in the PGA. The Crown Plaza Invitational. Zach Blair and his PGA rookie campaign out of BYU. Tied for fifth, shooting five under through 12 holes. Daniel Summerhays tied for 23rd, shooting two under through 17. Hey, I'm... Ah! Yeah. (laughs) Break out the line. Those birds are not indigenous to this area. Those birds are not indigenous to this area. Let's go down to six. I'll give you something that's indigenous. The sounds of the week! I don't think they have an understanding how fast he is. Did they watch the Texas game? Now I know like how it feels to be um, on the other side of the ball and to um, not be so much of the face of the team, but to also be that leader. It was pretty exciting with all my teammates and stuff being um, excited, and I didn't even make it out of there with any of the buttons on my jersey. BYU wins 10 games or more. True. Yes. Okay, you're with me. I feel like we're lone men on the island. But, uh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Who the heck's saying they won't? I, I'm not. I'm not saying. Well, if I have to say, <laughs> well, yeah, crickets. Nice. And where do you, where do you run the 40 in? Five three five. He's got a chance. To me, that deserves some at least attention and respect. Uh, but I guess we just have to keep get, keep this thing going and win the league and, and maybe get uh, maybe we'll get four next year if we win the league. There's just a different feel about the Utah-Utah State rivalry. When you have that almost an emotional connection, it's just different. And you're playing almost for something more, it's something you'll hear about for the rest of the year. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. It goes to Hayden Nielsen. Yeah who did everything he possibly could to help BYU baseball win that game last night, including a two-out, two-run single in the ninth to put him up 7-5. to five. The Cougars fall 8-7. to seven. He was 4-5. for five. Great performance from uh, the All-West Coast Conference second-teamer. He had a game, man. Which Mike Littlewood scoffs at. <laughs> yes, he did. Earlier <laughs> this week, my goodness. And I scoff at my perceived backpedal in the sounds of the week. The crickets were so fantastic. Oh John Aaron Beck. Evans, Wait, who I'm said coming that? for you. Uh, 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 <laughs> I did. This guy? Hey, no, you backed up for a little bit, and then you, then you did the T-stop. You know, you, you planted and, and came back with I something. I feel strongly about this. We can't both have the same tenor on the show. There needs to be a different viewpoint. So that's where that came from. Whatever. 
whatever. <laughs> Everything is awesome. That's not Woo! me. I'm the opti realist, and you're just the realist. Opti realist. Yes. <laughs> look it up. It's a real thing. My picture's there. Uh, our Twitter really? question: I'm Who is the most up. exciting athlete to watch in BYU history? To the Twitter machine. You got tweets. Okay, an- another one coming at me at Aerobic Gym. Were either of you at the Marriott Center for Jimmer's senior year? This is a no-brainer. Yeah, Jerem agrees with you. He, he picked Jimmer. I think people are confusing that you didn't I've have been, Jimmer at the top of the list. I, I went to Glens Falls twice. Come on. You've got Jimmer at number one, Taylor Sander, then it's number the two. It's the Jimmer Fredette Award. Who's number two? That's the discussion. So at Aerobic Gym, Jerem is picking Jimmer. But here's the thing. How many of you watch Ty Detmer play in person on a consistent basis and can say it's a no-brainer? It's not a no-brainer. Come on. Jimmer's a strong candidate, but it's not a no-brainer. There's a debate there for sure. And it's an opinion-based thing. Let's have fun with it. Yeah, Let's come have on. Fun. If it's not fun, then why do it? <laughs> yes. Because your mom asked you to. Eat, drink, and be merry. <laughs> Know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know. At J. Although it is 31. Memorial Day weekend, it should be a fun weekend with family and friends. We're bringing we're bringing back this one again. James Die. Nothing more exciting than him returning punts. Oh, he he's was on the my best. top three. He's in my top three. He was the best. And his son is at BYU right now. Trey, it's great. At D Young, 1993. Steve Young, throwing for, running for, and catching touchdowns. One to win a Holiday Bowl against a ranked Missouri team in 1983. I'm surprised people aren't saying. Taysom Hill, maybe most exciting ever, no, but up there. Taysom Hill has caught a pass. Does everyone remember that one? Against Washington in the Hunger Bowl. Cody Hoffman threw it. Cody Hoffman got lit up. <laughs> yes, he did. In that. He knew what it was like to be a quarterback. And, At- then, and then it was, it was a penalty or something, so it didn't even count. At Timothy Bates 13. Danny Ainge, 1981 NCAA tournament versus Notre Dame. Coast to coast. No doubt. Elite. No doubt. We would Literally. We would have taken state. BYU was elite after that play. <laughs> <laughs> the only time? The, yes. No, the 84 National Championship team was pretty stinking elite. Okay. At Nomad Coog. Agree with you, but being down three touchdowns, less than three minutes left, and leading? Okay. BYU to a win with a Hail Mary? Jim McMahon. Hashtag Epic Mac. Oh, yeah. No arguments. Thanks to Jen Rockwood, Kelly Little, and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. The show always on demand on BYUtv.org slash BYUSN and BYUsportsNation.com. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Katie Larkin. BYU Sports Nation back to work on Monday at noon Eastern. <laughs>